As the world was working to free itself from the icy grasp of winter, the goddess was resting from giving birth to the sun god. And as the youthful god comes into his own and spreads his promise of warmth from Imbolc to the earth, so too does he promise the life of summer. Happy Ostara Brumies, the magic of the vernal equinox has finally arrived. Greetings. You have wandered upon Broomstay Witchery, a podcast that explores all things pagan. My name is Sabrin Whitethorn, and I'll be your guide. So grab yourself some tea and come talk a spell with me. The spring equinox on March 21st heralds a time of rebirth, of life beginning anew. New plants springing forth, the stirrings of baby animals, and the energy and hope of new mothers. The equal balance of day and night is emphasized through the sexual union of the god and goddess, the ultimate symbol of the fertility of spring. Many people see paganism as a way to bring balance into their lives, understanding that polarity between dark and light, night and day, work and play compassion and strength is an important part of Ostara celebrations and rituals. It's during this time of year that meditation takes on a more serious nature as we focus on our hopes and plans of action for the rest of the year, with the knowledge that this balance of night and day only occurs two days out of our year. It's no wonder that the spring equinox occurs in the month of the Alder Moon, Growing both with its roots in the waters of the riverbank and its branches in the air, the alder tree bridges the realms of sky and earth. The alder tree actually improves the fertility of the soil with its ability to fix nitrogen from the air. What a perfect representation for the spring moon. The Latin word equinox means equal night. Now we will see our daylight increasing, as is evident by our need to spring forward with our time changes, to offer more daylight and more time to enjoy activities by the sun's light. The spring equinox is also referred to as the vernal equinox, from the Latin venare to bloom. This is also shown through various spring-blooming plants, such as sweet pea, whose Latin name is Lathurus vernus. Now, friends, I believe the time has come. The time where we address the giant pink bunny in the room, the Christian holiday of Easter. Within Christianity, Easter is related to Christ's sacrifice and rebirth. So the big questions are, why is it called Easter? And where does the bunny and the decorating of eggs and the hunt come from? If you look on Christian-based websites online, you'll read a plethora of things, like the English word Easter parallels the German word Ostern, which is of uncertain origin. Another site states it likely derives from the Christian designation of Easter week as an albus, a Latin phrase that was understood as the plural of alba, meaning dawn, which came from Ostarum in Old High German. Yet another Christian-based site has this conundrum of an explanation— Easter comes from Old English Easterdig, from Oster, Northumbrian Eostre, from Proto-Germanic Ostrin, which means dawn, 
from ost, which is east towards sunrise, which is compared to east from the root os to shine like dawn. I read this and immediately pictured Adam Sandler standing outside watching an underage kid puking in a dumpster and proclaiming, alcohol equals puke equals smelly mess equals nobody likes you. Easterdag from Oster, from Ostre, from Ostrin, from Ost, from East, from As to Shine Like Don't. What? All of this confusion just to avoid pointing out one obvious thing. The kicker is that they say it right there. Aostre. The word Easter comes from Aostre. The same place Ostara comes from. The goddess Aostre. Sometimes pronounced Ostra, Esther, Istra, or Ustra, is the Germanic goddess of dawn. It's interesting to me how Christianity got it so correct that the word comes from the Proto-Germanic word that means dawn, and even threw the name Eostre in the mix, but just kind of bypassed that whole part where she's a goddess, and, you know, the whole part where the holiday derives from paganism in general. <clears throat> paganism gives us the English name Easter, which comes from Eostre. The Anglo-Saxon word for March was Esther Manoth, or the month of openings, which later became simply March. Esther Manoth was named so in honor of the goddess of the dawn, Eostre. It's that simple, friends. Easter and Ostara both come from the goddess Eostre. It's not a reach. And it's not complicated. Now, about those bunnies, and the egg hunts, and the baby chicks, and all of the other symbols of Easter that are unexplained within Christianity. Those traditions are explained within the celebrations of Ostara. Eostre, the Germanic goddess of the dawn, was celebrated during the spring equinox. All of these things are symbols of spring, of fertility and new life, and some of them are symbolic of the sun, both giving reverence to Eostre and to the spring, brought forth by the sun god. It's thought by many within paganism that Easter, like many Christian holidays, was simply a way to meld in the traditions of paganism to make the forced conversion a little easier to swallow. I in no way set out to make this episode about clashing horns with Christianity. My point in mentioning these differences at all is that if you take religion out of the mix, Easter and Ostara celebrate the exact same thing the emergence of spring. The egg is a symbol of fertility, new beginnings, creation, and rebirth. Its oval shape symbolizes the cycle of creation and rebirth. Its golden yolk symbolizes the sun, while in some pagan traditions like Wicca, the egg white symbolizes the maiden goddess. The goddess and god and their sacred marriage occurs during the spring equinox, the tradition of the Easter egg hunt comes from the foraging of eggs at the nests of wild fowl during the early spring, when food from the winter stores ran low in ancient agricultural societies. In some pagan traditions, as discussed back in Season 1, Episode 2, the egg is symbolic of the universe and its knowledge, and the hunt for the egg symbolized the search or seeking of that universal knowledge, or the hidden aspect of the inner self. In ancient Egypt, Greece, and Rome, 
eggs were dyed red to symbolize the blood of new life. Menstrual blood sometimes even being used as a dye itself in reverence to the female temple. The Russian czars even gave their wives enamel Fabergé eggs, and in Iran, gifts of eggs dyed red marked the first day of the new year. Within Wicca, it's believed that the goddess Eosre found a wounded bird and transformed it into a hare, so that it could survive the winter. As a result, it found it could lay eggs and decorated them as an offering to the goddess in thanks each spring. How about the bunnies? Nature shows its fertility in many ways during the spring, and animals are a beautiful reminder that life springs forward this time of year. In medieval Europe, the March Hare was widely considered a symbol of fertility due to their need to mate beginning March 1st. They're so fertile, in fact, that a female March Hare can actually conceive of a second litter while still pregnant with the first. No wonder they're a common symbol of spring. In 16th century writings of Germany, it's mentioned that German settlers took traditions with them into America, including the tradition of leaving out bonnets and caps to be filled with treats by the Easter Bunny, which would only be filled if they'd been good throughout the winter. Chicks represent the new life of spring, and snakes are symbolic of spring due to their emergence from the ground to bask in the warmth of the sun and shed their skin, symbolizing fresh beginnings. In the episode for Imbolc, I mentioned that in Scottish tradition, the goddess Kalea, the keeper or queen of winter, was known to have a venomous temper, and would snap or switch her wand through the grasses to bring forth the sun and rain of spring. Her venomous rages were thought to be the storms of spring. It's possible that over the years, the idea of Kalea's wand being switched through the grasses was replaced by the idea of a snake symbolic of venomous temper, rushing or snapping through the grasses to bring on spring. Flowers are a beautiful symbol of spring, both in the fact that they bloom and come to life, but also as a symbol of fertility. Georgia O'Keeffe's art depicts the pollen and curves of flowers in up-close detail, and has been widely understood to be indicative of the shapes and beauty of the female body. Alongside the literal aspect of spring, Ostara is also the perfect time to birth new plans and ideas for the remainder of the year. Meditations and intentions should be clear and well thought to allow these ideas to bloom. A few traditions surrounding Ostara can include energizing and cleansing, spring cleaning friends, it's not just literal, it's also about decluttering and making room in your life for new energy and fresh ideas. Dying eggs isn't just for children. It's a sign of fertility and abundance. Try drawing sigils and runes onto your eggs with white crayons before you dye them. Say a blessing over the egg before you consume it, and be sure to save those shells for use in spell work throughout the year. Engage in a seed blessing or planting ritual in which you infuse garden seeds with your intentions before giving them over to the soil. During Ostara, try to incorporate decorations in your altar area that speak to you of spring. Stone eggs, sigils or runes shaped with ground eggshell, chicks, bunnies, and flowers. Try switching out your altar candles with light green or other pastel colors that symbolize spring and baby decor. 
Go for a walk and find blossoms that have naturally come loose on the ground or bits of eggshell left from hatched birds. Wish boxes are a beautiful way to incorporate spring in your altar area. Decorate a box with spring decor and write your wishes or intentions for the new year. Put the paper in the box, ring your altar bell, and let the paper symbolize a seed blooming or manifesting your wishes. Making a wish box for others is a beautiful gift this time of year. Take it a step further and find plantable paper with seeds embedded into it. Write your wishes on the paper and plant it as a literal seed in the ground, watching your intention grow right along with the seed you've given the earth. Give thanks to the goddess and her sun god by simply walking in nature and touching the grass and flowers, feeling the sun on your face, and saying a silent blessing or words of thanks for the life they've brought forth. Before we part ways, I'd like to give a small shout out to various pagan accounts on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok that I find educational or entertaining, Etsy or online shops that are pagan-based, websites, books, products, and physical stores that are pagan-written, crafted, owned, and operated. This week, I'd like to shine my pagan spotlight on Bridget's Grove on Etsy. Bridges Grove is home to the beautiful story goddess figurines, as well as making goddess art and poetry, a beautiful family who gives reverence to the goddess and nature. I bought my own god and goddess figurines for my altar through Bridget's Grove, and they customized them exactly how I wanted them. They have expanded so much over the last few years, incorporating a variety of different goddess forms, books of poetry, ornaments, and goddess kits. I highly recommend them, so give them some love and a few follows and thank them for supporting our pagan community. As always, I'll link their Etsy shop and Instagram accounts in the podcast description. I'd love to hear about the rituals you've incorporated into your Ostara traditions, and I wish you all a happy spring equinox. Thank you for conjuring up some time to spend with me today. And until next time, Broomies, remember, don't drink and fly. Bye.